Welcome to the Furniture Artist Podcast, where Erin shares experiences, adventures, and challenges in the furniture artist life. If you love brushes and paint, and furniture is your canvas, you're in the right place. Now, here's Erin from the Bowtie Treasures Studio. Hello, everybody. It's episode number 12. I am so delighted to be here with you for this episode. We made it past episode 10, and... On to the next one and the next one and so on. We are knocking them off the list. One great topic after another. At least I hope they're topics that are helpful to you. I know they may all be coming at different times and maybe in your furniture artist life. And this particular topic that I have for this episode really could affect many of you who are at the early stages of your adventures and your career or your hobby, if you will. And that is branding. Branding is maybe for some an unattainable concept because it's not really a topic that you hear much in the furniture artist life. I have a graphic design background and we use branding all the time. And I've worked with dozens and dozens of customers and clients over the years in the area of branding. And I want to spend some time in this episode talking about that and making it as clear as possible what that means and how you can apply it to your craft, your life, your business, if you will. And I'd love to get some feedback from you. Feel free to always message me. You can do that on social media, Bowtie Treasures. Just look up that. You can also reach out via my website as well, bowtietreasures.com. And see if uh, there, if you have further questions, I'm happy to answer those. But maybe you're at the point where you're ready to get serious with your craft. You've painted a few pieces, you've created a few home decor pieces, whatever it might be that you're doing, and you feel like now it's time to start social media. You want to get a Facebook business, or you think you know it'd be really nice to have some business cards to hand out or you're going to open a, a shop or get a booth space and you, you want everybody to know you by a business name and not just your name. Nothing wrong with using your name for your business name, but it may not be something that you want it to be what we would call the brand or the face of your business. Whenever I'm working with a customer as a graph designer, It's one of those situations where they have in their head an idea of what they want. My job is to get it out of their head. So let's put you in the side. Let me educate you on how you can help a creative person or as you start envisioning what you want to do for your business. First thing that I would recommend that you do, and this is again starting with no business name, no logo, I would write down three words that best describe your business. Sometimes those words may be what describes you, your personality. After all, oftentimes you are your business or you create what it is you do. Maybe you make really fun, creative jewelry boxes and they've got you know, rhinestones and stripes and whatever, you know. You would probably start saying, an example, you might say, my business is going to be fun, quirky, and exciting. Those are your three descriptive words. If you were to give those to a designer, it would be different than if you said, 
casual, cozy country. Or classy, refined, and sharp. All three of those groups of three words are uniquely different. So my recommendation is when you get started, what are your three words? I will tell you it's interesting in working in surveys over the years. It's easy for people to recite or come up with two descriptive words for something. If I were said, how would you how would you describe this brand? They would say, um, it's fun and casual and uh, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the third word. But I encourage you to go to three words. It might help define a little bit more what you are. And I will say, sometimes you might describe yourself a certain way personally, or you think this is the way it's going to be, but other people might describe you differently. So feel free to reach out and get some input and ask others, hey, do you feel like this captures what I'm doing? And they might give you some other words to try. If you're struggling with words, I would make a word list. Maybe your name, maybe what you like to create, maybe where you are, whatever. Those word lists will help inspire other ideas. The next thing I would encourage you to do after your word list is make a mood board. This does not have to be a physical mood board, but it might help you. Maybe snippets from magazines, clippings from ads. In the digital age, Pinterest is probably a good way to go. Create a board just for your mood board for your business. And I would add everything from textures, colors, um, statements, typefaces, all the things, that anything that looks like it captures those three words, put it onto a mood board. If you still haven't narrowed down to three words, start a mood board of just things you like. Purposely with the idea of, could you see that in your booth? Could you see you painting that? Could you see you doing that style? You might have already captured it, this kind of thing, and you don't even know you've done it. But create a mood board. Put those three words in there and see if you can build around it. Basically, you're trying to visualize what your business looks like. Oftentimes, when I ask a customer and they want to do a website, for example, I might say, provide me five websites that you like. That helps me get a vision of where they want to be because I can't read their mind, right? So if you have some websites that you like, they may not necessarily capture what you want yours to be like. But there may be some elements that someone or yourself can learn from. Maybe it's the texture, the patterns, the shapes, the bold colors, or the subtle colors, the classy typeface, or the fun typeface. You need to start painting a picture of what your brand looks like. Sometimes you might even look at your attire, your daily wardrobe. And I'm not talking about the paint clothes you put on every day. I'm talking about if you dressed up or you had to go out, you were going out and about, if you constantly are wearing patterns, glam, pops of color, that's probably what your mood board's going to look like. It's going to be difficult for you to do, let's call it glam and pop and pizzazz when you dress casual and cozy and country all day. It's going to be difficult for you to identify or own that. So that's a little bit about how to come up with a mood board and, and descriptive statements. It's very critical that you start visualizing what that is. 
The next thing you're probably going to need to figure out is what is the name of your business. This could just be anything, but I do have some thoughts. In other words, what's in a name anyways? Does it really matter what your business is called? There's some crazy, like if you ever go and look at apps, they're the craziest name, like what in the world is TikTok? I mean, what does that even mean? Or imagine the day someone said, hey, well, let's call it Facebook. I mean, what does that really mean? So sometimes names don't need to have anything, but I would recommend that you consider one, a name that is around, built around the, the story of your name. Uh, I know you can look at someone like uh, Malia Klein and the mustard tree. There's a story to her name. Um, you could ask someone like Malia, uh, a Melissa from the top drawer RVA. She, she can tell you what all the, those pieces mean. If you were to ask myself, Bowtie Treasures. Now let me back up a little bit. When I first started, it was Bowtie Tuesday Treasures. It was a little too much of a tongue twister. Pretty much after I found, saw people struggling with saying all those T words, I'm like, okay, we got to drop something. And basically, it just came down to me and a friend. We wore bow ties a lot on Tuesdays. And I wanted something that was unique and quirky. Um, but since then, I've dropped the word, the Tuesday. I wanted to still keep the bow tie. And to me, what I create is a treasure. So that seemed natural. Some people have more in-depth meaning. Maybe it's a... Um, uh, a statement or an abbreviation or where they live or their kids' names, whatever. If someone asks you, you should be able to tell them a story. I don't know, I just looked it up. may not be a great answer. You might ask yourself, does the name require learning to know what it means? That may oftentimes fall in the categories where people have used abbreviations for their name. I'm going to say uh, Melissa's a friend, so I'm going to say hers is the top drawer RVA. She does have to explain to those who don't know what RVA means. But that gives her an opportunity to explain where she's from and anything else she wants to explain. Um, a friend of mine uh, has NTS. You have to explain what NTS means. It doesn't mean that's bad, but sometimes it takes some time to learn. And you can ask major corporations uh, like FedEx, most, most people may not even know they used to be called Federal Express. But in, in our culture, we abbreviate everything, LOL. I mean, you can imagine all texting. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm not going around calling my business BTT, although it sounds cool, but it would be, I'm not, I'm not like a, a well-known or anything like that. But have a reason, have some logic. I would, number one, recommend that you search social platforms and the internet to see if how popular or if the name's already being used by someone else. For example, my uh, furniture artist life is basically under Bowtie Treasures. Bowtie Tuesday is, when I use that, is not an unusual thing to find. Bowtie Tuesday is a common thing. So is Bowtie. So you could easily get hung up if you search the internet for bow tie. I don't expect that my business is going to come up in the first one. Um, so anyways, you could see that someone else has probably already thought of this shabby, chic shop. 
you know, but do a search. If you don't find anything on social media, you don't find anything on, on uh, Google, then go for it. But if you find 20 pages worth of people that are called the shabby chic shop, you're probably going to have a hard time being unique. Because every time you give your name out, someone's going to find your competitor or someone else across the country. And that's not really an ideal situation. The other thing, so watch out for abbreviations. Make sure you might even check what other abbreviations are being used by other companies. So that's just something to think about. Probably the second thing I would recommend that you think about is let people get to know you by name. So for myself... Um, I pretty much don't worry about telling people my last name. I'm just going to be known by Aaron. There's, I don't think there's a lot of Aaron's running around painting furniture. That is spelled A-A-R-O-N. So I don't really have to compete with, let's say, Malia or Melissa or Teresa. I just, I'm, so I use Aaron a lot. I rarely say my last name just because I don't think it's critical. If you, go, if you know Bowtie Treasures and Aaron, you're good to go. Some people have to give their last name because there's a lot of the first names out there. But find a business that goes, that backs up what you do and also goes with those three words we talked about. And so if you're going to have a bubbly, fun name, and then, but you want to be classy, refined, and sharp, that's going to conflict. So think about that a little bit. Let's talk about design. This is really critical, pretty passionate about this. And I hope you're following me on social media or my website. You'll see some form of consistency there. Consistent logo, consistent colors, at least for the most part in the last uh, couple years or so. But what does a good logo matter? Uh, I will say that the logo is oftentimes the front door of the face of what you do. You can be as crazy as you want with that logo, but as a design structure goes it needs to be easy to read large and small you'll see many logos out there that when they get down to like a profile image you can't read it i rarely recommend putting a long name in the logo have an icon have a graphic that's separate from the type whenever possible you need to have a logo that's stackable and also wide i often say your logo need to look needs to look good in a profile image, sometimes can just be the graphic. But what about if you want to put it on a pen? If your logo is a circle, a circle scaled down to a half inch isn't very readable. So you need some variety. And this is, I'm trying not to steal my point coming up, but you need a good designer to help you. A good designer will understand that you need a diverse logo. Oftentimes, you'll find that you can get a logo builder or some kind of software that helps you, but that logo builder is not going to give you the stacked, the wide, the tall, the, the dark, the, the logo that looks good on a dark background, one that looks good on a light background, one that's got a transparent background. Um, you can find these cheap logo people out there, but they do not have you in their best interest. They Oftentimes, they're cheap, they're quick. And, and you don't really get a package set, if you will. But think about your logo and all the things you're going to need to do. It's going to go on your photos. It's going to go on your uh, pictures. It's going to go on your YouTube profile, your social media profile. You need a lot of variations to support all the things you need to do. 
So be very careful that, and don't get so caught up in the, I got my logo done, yay. Well, do you really have a diverse logo that's durable, flexible, scalable? I often say, for example, can that logo be stitched on a shirt or on a bag? Is it so complex, not even a thread sewing machine can do it. So be very careful about making so your logo so illustrated that's impossible to render. Can it be cut by a cricket? or a vinyl cutter. If you wanted to do vinyl on a window, can that logo be cut out? So sometimes uh, we don't think about all these things and a good graph designer is gonna protect and help you with that. So you need to think about the colors. What are your brand colors? You should probably think about two colors. Maybe it's teal and brown, or black and white, or red and black. Sometimes the third color does help. For my current brand, I have a dark blue, I have a gold, and then pretty much white's the next one. Uh, gray would be also a, sec a third or secondary one. But I have a plan. You need, you need a color. And this is where going back to your mood board. If you keep seeing pink and gray show up, you probably need to go with pink and gray because you're going to love it. If you hire a designer and they give you uh, green and lime, you, you may not love it because you it's not your look. It's, it doesn't make you feel good. You're just going to hate it and it's going to fight. So colors are very important. Typeface, also known as fonts. What kind of typeface font do you want? Uh, go back to your word list. The, does that typeface capture the quirky, fun, and energetic look that you want? And a good designer will have a good repertoire of typefaces to choose from and not one that just anybody can find. Uh, probably the worst typeface I have on my never-to-use list is brush grip. You'd be surprised how often it's used everywhere, and probably because it's on just everybody, uh, about everybody's computer. So be careful about a typeface that everybody's computer has, because it will not be original to you. So ask someone, where did you get the typeface? Is it unique? Is it unique to me? I'm not saying that you're paying someone to design your own typeface, but you're not using one that's just straight off, you know, the basic computer. Ask yourself, are there any textures or patterns that would be unique to you? My current design has somewhat of a grid, classy, organized, uh, kind of this way I roll, clean and organized. Doesn't mean my shop is clean and organized, but I like things in a little bit of an order. If you like random and chaotic and fun, then, make, then think about some textures. Put that on your mood board. So if, you have a, if you're hiring a web designer or someone to handle your social media, you can show them that and say, hey, I want it to look like this. It should feel bubbly and crazy and fun. So textures and shapes. Design elements are really critical to a good brand. And then whenever you are designing or your designer's helping you, they can always go back to that look. And it's consistent time and time again. And after a while, you'll be creating what we're calling the brand. It's the consistent voice, if you will, that your company or your business is portraying. So you might ask yourself, where can I get a good logo? Well, this is a disadvantage I have since I already know how to do it and I have the ability to do logos and design. I don't have a huge repertoire of people I go to to do the work because I can already do that. I have helped many people and other designers with this task. I will tell you this. 
first thing I would recommend is search your local, get on Google and search local graphic designer near me. Start there. Find someone who maybe, we're not talking about an ad agency or a big firm. Get a hungry designers working uh, solo, independent, but I would recommend you start local. One, support the local. Two, then you can meet with them. You can tell them what you're trying to accomplish, what your goals are. Build a relationship. Build your community with this person so they get to know what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to accomplish, and you'll probably learn a lot of things to it. If you go on, let's say, Etsy or uh, some other free, cheap logo design company, they're going to sell you a package that may be okay, but they won't get to know you. There's no relationship there. It's pretty much pay and go. Maybe enough to start with, but it's not going to be that helpful. So let me recommend that you start local and plan to invest some money. Let's just say a few hundred dollars, maybe a hundred dollars. Maybe it'll start out small, build up to a larger package. But bottom line is make sure you get a lot of options. Don't get this JPEG logo and say, yeah, I got my logo. I'm all done. Trust me, that's not enough. You need more. But do your search. Find local, go online. If you need to buy, uh, pay for a service that someone has a package, just ask a lot of questions. What do I get? What will you provide? How much does it cost for all of that? If I need help down the road, if I have, how many changes do I get? All those things are important. But a professional or experienced designer will think about all the critical things that you need and help you provide that. It shouldn't be that you constantly have to ask for another piece. They should think ahead and say, this person's going to need tall, wide, square, social media profile. Now, sometimes you're paying for a logo, and then you're on your own, or you got to figure out, okay, what about business cards? So those are good questions to ask your local designer. Can you help me with business cards? What if I need a website? Can you help me with that? These things just keep going. Now, of course, you can slowly grow into those, but have some options and have some people lined up to help you do that. Ask about, uh, can they provide your logo that looks good on a dark background, a light background? Will they be providing a logo that's a PDF? Can you scale it? Can you send it to a vendor and have them make banners for you? There's nothing worse. Um, let me rephrase that. You would always expect that a professional company, when you walked in, that there's consistent brand. If you walk into a, a clothing store in the mall, you expect that the packaging, the signage, the logo on the outside, all of it looks good together. You want the same thing for you. You meet somebody and you give them your business card. That business card, if they go to your website, there should be cohesiveness there. If they go to um, your social media, it should match as well. If they visit your YouTube and they see a title art, it should match theirs too. So be passionate about your brand. This is all you, this is going to speak clearly before someone even gets to experience your work. They should know that your brand is speaking clearly. That was, uh, we could probably keep going and going. And I know I could probably talk more about this, but these are some initial thoughts and questions that you can ask yourself as you're getting started and building your brand. Maybe we'll do another episode down the road here about this. But if you have any questions, again, don't hesitate to reach out either on my social media platforms or on my website. And I'm glad to help. 
What is your brand? Where are you headed with it? Can you visualize who you are or your business? These are questions that most people need to be asking when they're starting their company out. That way that there's a good, well-defined brand and visually, and oftentimes even vocally, um, on how your business is communicated. I hope that helps. There's so much more to it, but I think that's a good primer, if you will, to get us started in the right path for building your brand for your business. Go through the steps. Hope they help. Let me know if you have any questions. Until next time, this is Aaron here in the Bowtie Treasure Studio. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out our website, bowtietreasures.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, other furniture artists like you can find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.